And it's great to be with you. Well, it's one of the grandest boulevards of any city in the world. North Terrace, of course, a wonderful part of our wonderful city. It represents over a century of architecture, doesn't it? Uh, from the likes of uh, the classic, uh, you know, Bonython Hall and Mortlock Library to the ultra-modern Samri Building and the RAA, the new RAH uh, down the other end. And uh, one of the all-time gems is the magnificent Art Gallery of South Australia, founded right way back in uh, 1881. It's grown to be home to more than 40 40,000 works of art. Nearly 800,000 people visit the art gallery each year and one of the uh, people tasked with keeping them coming back is my next guest, Lisa Slade, is the Assistant Director of the Gallery's, gallery's Artistic Programs. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Alan. Thank you How for having me. How do you me. get people coming back? Well, we changed the program, and uh, many of your listeners would be aware that uh, the Art Gallery of South Australia is not a static location. Our exhibition program and even the changes we make to our permanent collection mean that our visitors can come back on a weekly, even daily if they like, basis, certainly on a monthly basis, and see something new and this year's program is no exception. We probably have certainly in the time that I've been there, which is seven years, the most dynamic program this mm. year in 2018. So there will be no quiet spots, no cool spots in the museum, well all cool spots because it's always 20 degrees in the museum, but no quiet spots per se. There will be activity with exhibitions and permanent collection changes happening throughout the entire year. As I said, there's there's what there's about 42,000 well uh, parts of the Depending collection. Depending on how you count it and what you yeah. decide to count, anywhere yeah. between 42 and 40 7,000, absolutely. So the whole place is a revolving um, display, isn't it, of, of stuff you're bringing up out of the basement. I've been down in the basement, so I've, I've been Great. lucky enough to lucky be down you. there. I can, I've, I've seen what's down yes. there. So it's a revolving uh, uh, exhibition, isn't it, of what's down there, what you yeah. bring up, and also stuff you bring in uh, from interstate and overseas. And this year's program is certainly a combination of both. We have just, for instance, decanted our Australian wing, the older wing of Australian art, which was the first building you mentioned, 1881, in eighteen ninety. 1889, we started work on the older wing. I say we as though I was there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're looking good. You're <laughs> looking you. good for all Thank that hard you. work. <laughs> <laughs> the older wing was completed in 1900. So we've just decanted the works from that collection, but many of them have gone into the Melrose wing, which is, of course, the adjacent parallel wing, and they've gone into that space. So it's not just that we're taking receipt of temporary exhibitions from around the world, and we'll certainly talk about that in mm. a minute, but we're also moving our own collection through the building because every time you play a work of art in conversation with something else, the nature of the conversation changes. New discoveries happen. We find out more about our collection. So that 42,000 or more work collection is is not static either. In fact, the history is not static. We are constantly learning about our collection and our past and that helps us, of course, frame the present and the future. How difficult is that actually looking at the the list of your contents that's Mm. buried downstairs? Mm -hmm. How do you decide what you're going to bring out? Opportunities erupt all over the place. We've just, for instance, uh, kind of rediscovered a work of art that was acquired in 1940. A lot of the earlier parts of the collection are, of course, documented, but we don't have very recent photographs of them, as you can well imagine, because they came into the collection earlier. So there are parts of the collection that we know very, very well and parts of the collection Mm. that we're Mm. constantly rediscovering. And a wonderful uh, torso sculpture by uh, John Skeeping has been recently kind of rediscovered. Now, Skeeping was the first husband of Barbara Hepworth, and Hepworth's quite important for Adelaide 
trade. We have her work in the collection of work from 1970. But we also have a work in our public art collection in the city. So we found this work by her first husband. We, we now, for the first time, at least for some decades, have Hepworth and Skeeping on display at the same time. That became the motivation or the rationale for bringing the Skeeping into view. Uh, so okay. yep. opportunities, and it might be timed with a festival, it might be timed, for instance, we had the recent exhibition of Paul Vasilev's uh, label, Paolo Sebastian. The Paolo Sebastian works were in dialogue with works from the collection. So certain works of art became more important in that display than others, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. Is it difficult, to, and you have to keep in, in the back of your mind when you're mounting all exhibitions, it's got to be something for everyone. Yeah, you absolutely um, do. You know, the, 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 sometimes we do actually sort of associate various exhibitions with, oh, the hoity-toity, I'm not really yeah. interested in that. That's not always the case, though, No, and we're not really interested in that either. We're interested in a broad public. We're interested in art being mm. part of everybody's life, and I don't mean that everyone will have the same attachment to it, but the collection has to speak to everybody. Our guest book suggests that that's the case, and we're mm. doing... A Okay, but there's always more work to be done. Of our 800,000 visitors that you mentioned, about 10% or 80,000 are school students. And constantly replenishing the next generation of art lovers is important to us. They come not for an art excursion most of the time. They come because they come to the art gallery to learn about their own history, mm. to learn about culture, sometimes to learn about maths and science. So the art gallery is much bigger, broader, and hopefully more generous and generative than, than we think historically and traditionally. What uh, you, you, you've got um, Adelaide Contemporary coming yes. up. That's one of the big highlights this year. Adelaide Contemporary sits as the backdrop for everything we are doing and it comes out of the need, which you've touched on, to take a collection as enormous as ours and the state punches above its weight in terms of collection size. The collection is larger than the collection of the Art Gallery of New South Wales in Sydney, uh, even though, of course, that's a much larger state in terms of population. Why, why is that? because of the way in which Adelaide has been had such alacrity with regard to collecting. Right. Mm. The history of philanthropy, it's certainly the philanthropic state, mm. means that we had very early, very strong collections. We also collect things that other galleries don't. We collect decorative arts, for instance, so applied arts, furniture, jewellery, etc. The Art Gallery of New South Wales, for instance, does not collect those things. Now, having those things in our collection gives the collection this really lovely kind of intimate, sometimes a slightly domestic feel, certainly a feel that people hopefully feel very at home in the art gallery. We have all of these collections, but we do not have the space to present them in. So we want to give the collection back to the good people of Adelaide, South Australia and the nation, of course, because remember our collection is a national one. Mm. We used to be called the National Gallery of South mm. Australia. We mm. still see ourselves that way. We want to give the collection back to the nation. We want to have more of it on display. In order to do that, we need more space. The site on North Terrace that we currently occupy is a heritage site, as you can well imagine, and there is very little room to move. So we require, at this point in time, we think it's an opportunity to give the state a destination. And we know we've seen this, of course, in the country, but arguably the world over, where art and an art experience has been an extraordinary lure for cultural and, dare I say, economic revival. So where that introduces the, the old RA. It sure does. Uh, where are we at with that? Because uh, I think basically the message has been uh, muddied. The waters have been muddied by the politics surrounding the, the, the site. Let's cut through that. Sure. Certainly the site 
needs a an anchor. Mm. The site needs a cultural anchor. If we think about the importance of the site as part of, in fact, the parklands, because everything on the northern side of North Terrace is actually officially part of the parklands, we have an opportunity to make a building which would be a sculpture in its own right, if you like, within that parkland. Sitting right there next to the Botanic Gardens, we have an opportunity to expand the collection. So there is support for that idea. In fact, we had the six teams of architects in Adelaide last week. Right. Okay. We had the world's leading architects, including uh, the man announced as by Time magazine as the world's most influential architect last year in Adelaide. So they were here in Adelaide to look at the site from the helipad, no less, and also from around the site. They toured through the Botanic Gardens. We met with our friends and partners who are also important to our delivery. We, you mentioned in your introduction that we have this cultural boulevard What's important about that cultural boulevard is that we get to work side by side with the library and the museum yeah, and the botanic absolutely. gardens. Mm. No one mm. else in the world gets to do mm. that. Mm. So we want to take those partnerships and those collaborations to Adelaide Contemporary. Adelaide Contemporary must be more than an art gallery. It has to be a meeting place for Adelaide. I like to describe it as the oval for culture. We know how transformative the oval has been for sport and for broader Adelaide. I believe that we can do the same thing with Adelaide Contemporary. Will there be a danger of splitting you know, two campuses effectively? It can be a real danger to split two campuses and we've seen across the country at least that happen in various ways and that's why we're thinking long and hard about what Adelaide Contemporary means. Mm. It will become the home for some major contemporary art commissions. In that way, it will not compete with the jewel box that is North Terrace. Mm -hmm. North Terrace will continue to be that beautiful platform where the collection trans-historically or across history is presented. Adelaide Contemporary will be where people say hey, have you been down to see that work of art that's made out of blah, blah, blah. So it'll be a place that people are lured to. But it also might be the place that people, they might attend the Fashion Festival launch. They may attend a film festival event. We are in the Festival City a little bit short on space for such events. Contemporary art has become so multidisciplinary that we no longer think about art in the, through the contemporary time as a painting on a wall. Mm, contemporary mm. art can be an experience. Mm. It can be a performance. It might be a video work. It might be a presentation of part of the Adelaide Festival on any given year. But I think your words of caution are important and they're certainly front of mind for us because we do not want to divide our audiences. We want to certainly double our audiences. We want to give people a place where they feel incredibly at home, a meeting place on such important, I think, kind of sacred ground. I mean, we know that that country, particularly for Ghana people, and the accompanying park is called Gadlipina, mm-hmm. named after a very important Ghana man who worked with language uh, in the early 19th century. We know it's an important site culturally, historically, botanically, dare I say, anymore. Well, I mean, just just <laughs> the fact that it's right there mm. overlooking the Botanic Gardens. Mm. I mean, what an opportunity what to an actually opportunity. open it up and interact with, with the Botanic Gardens there. This is it. And there are very few. Of course, the National Gallery in Canberra has a sculpture park at the back of the gallery. But the National Gallery in Canberra, or the Canberra itself, is so... Uh, extremely it's laid out in a way Mm. that it requires you to navigate various parts of it we have an opportunity here with lights vision of course Mm. to have a sculpture park right in the heart of the city Mm. the building becomes part of that sculpture park
Exciting times. Tis. Exciting times. When do you think we'll we'll actually get uh, you know get it get, a, get a view that you know, where, where we're going to we know what we get. Designs are due in April. April is it? We'll okay. put them on public display yeah. in the art gallery, so all of your listeners will be able to come to the art gallery. And the art gallery is free for everyone every day, as you well know, with the exception of our temporary exhibitions. But you can always come into the gallery for free, and they will get to see the designs. So we will have them on public display from. Late April, early May, people will come in and see the six discrete visions by architects, both local, well, local, national and international, mm-hmm. uh, for the City of Adelaide. I like that you've actually convinced me, because I, I've been very conscious and very worried about this splitting mm, the, the two campuses yeah. um, all along. You've actually sort of hit a nerve with me <laughs> that this could be something, you know, in its own right. Sure. In its own, with its own identity. The other thing is that one of the signatures we've developed at the Art Gallery is this idea of time travelling. We like to take things from the 21st century and to place them into conversation with works from the 17th century, for instance. That kind of signature will continue. We'll just do it very differently. And and key to uh, Adelaide Contemporary is the idea of the gallery of time. Imagine being able to tell the history of human civilization through uh, as a walk-through experience that... Mm. D- the display of our collection, which enables us to do it cross-culturally, to talk about time and to talk about human evolution. So that's one of the things we're looking at. But this idea of anchor contemporary art projects as a lure, and we'd probably rotate them on a four- to five-year basis. So we'd have a major installation which would involve a contemporary artist. For instance... We have the Japanese-born artist who lives in Berlin, Chiharu Shiota, coming to Adelaide this week. Chiharu Shiota takes thread in either white, red or black. And uh, I hope everyone is looking up Chiharu Shiota right now. S-H-I-O-T-A is her surname. And she spreads that thread. She creates entire rooms and environments where she stretches that thread, kilometres and kilometres of thread across the space to totally transform a space. So you enter into the gallery and the space has been transformed. Sometimes there are existing objects in the space. Sometimes it's the space itself which becomes the work of art through the vision and artistry of Chiharu Shiota. I can imagine a work like that existing. I can imagine mm-hmm. a work like uh, the 550 spears that we've just this morning started to remove from the ceiling of the Art Gallery of South Australia as part of our Tarnady exhibition. So we worked with Anangu artists from the Pitinjata Yankanjata area and we worked with them to create this constellation of 550 suspended spears. Our existing building is just about at breaking point with such feats, such techniques technological and logistical feats. A new building would give us the opportunity to create a space where just about anything is possible. One minute it's a black box where you can project video. Mm -hmm. The next minute you can suspend 550 spears. The next minute you can have an artist come in and transform the space with thread. The next moment, maybe it's an interactive space for children and families. Mm. Exciting times, certainly exciting times. We're talking to uh, Lisa Slade uh, from uh, the uh, Art Gallery of South Australia. If you've got a got a comment or a, or a question, give us a call eight double two three double o double o. Nine minutes away from two o'clock. Great to have your company. We are talking about the Art Gallery of South Australia, one of our beautiful, beautiful buildings on North Terrace. And uh, remember, everything on exhibition there and everything down in the basement, hidden away, that belongs to us, the people of South Australia. So it's something we should be very proud of. We have Lisa. Uh, Slade with uh, with us, uh, the Assistant Director of Artistic Programs, um, whose job is to uh, make sure 
what you're putting on display, we like. That's right. Good luck with that. Thank you. Uh, you're doing a very good jo- job so far. Now, listen, one of the things this year, uh, mm-hmm. 2018, the Biennial uh, of Australian Art. That's right. So the Adelaide Biennial commenced in 1990 and it was the idea of having a visual arts complement to the Adelaide Festival, which mm. at the time was very performance art yeah. kind of oriented or performing arts oriented rather. So the, the Adelaide Biennial came up as a way of expanding into the visual domain. So we have... Uh, had the custodianship of that Adelaide Biennial. It's the longest running survey in the country. It lures national and international audiences to Adelaide. We take the pulse of contemporary Australian art. So it's exclusively Australian art. Every two years we put on a very big show. I had the honour of curating the last one in 2016. We attracted 220,000 visitors and it spread from along the beautiful cultural boulevard that you're describing from the Samstag Museum at the Western End to the Adelaide Botanic Arts Garden in the East and of course with the Art Gallery not quite dead centre, but not far from it. Similarly, it will be expanded along North Terrace this year as well. 30 artists involved? 30 artists That's an awful and lot. collective. Tell me about it. You don't mm. have to manage them. <laughs> <laughs> are, they, are they a bit precious, some of them? Oh, they're not precious. They, they just, artists are the most committed humans because to be an artist, you don't do it for the money. So you have, to, you have such a vision that it's so important. And I think people realise what an important national stage the Adelaide Biennial is. So they're not precious, but they could not be more passionate. Yeah, and they're they're this local and interstate. Yeah, they're from yeah, all a couple over, of locals, they? and then from from throughout the country. Just about, I think every state's represented. So there's there's everything you can ever imagine. It's called Divided Worlds and Erica Green, who's the director at Samstag mm. Museum, is the curator this year. And so she has assembled this cast of extraordinary individuals. Some of them are very, very well known. Others are less well known and this will be key, really pivotal for their career. We've had artists in the lineup who have represented Australia at the Venice Biennale, for instance, in Patricia Piccinini. So there are artists from across the country. Some of them have made work here. Much of the work is new for the Adelaide Biennial. So we've had Tamara Dean, who's the kind of pin-up, if you like, for the exhibition. She's been making work in the Adelaide Botanic Garden. She's mm. been plunging models into that lotus pond in all sorts of temperatures a couple of weeks ago <laughs> in 40 degrees, but the middle of uh, winter last year in about probably four degrees. So there is work that's made here for this audience and for a national audience, and then there's new work that's brought to Adelaide for this uh, national platform. Now, do they have to all work with each other to make sure their pieces interact? That's what the curator does. Okay. You've always wondered what a curator does. Yes, I have. Yeah, no, a curator, a curator kind of like, it's like if you're having a dinner party and someone's controlling the conversation and making sure everyone's getting along, that's what the curator does. Okay, so yeah. what can we expect? What, what are some of the things we can well, expect? Well, we can expect, so it's divided worlds. We ascent into the heavens and we plunge into the depths. I think we can expect and we see at the moment we get to the art gallery on North Terrace, there's a six metre high sculpture by Lindy Lee, which is called The Life of Stars. And for the Adelaide Fringe period onwards, you'll see this beautiful metal sculpture crowning North Terrace at night the whole building will become a work of art by Lindy Lee Mm. it'll become this kind of cosmological feat so I think we can expect extremes of light and dark very reflective of our world at the moment dare I say Mm -hmm. and uh, a way of kind of capturing the drama and energy of our time and looking at the way that artists so so powerfully and I think so poetically reflect for us who we are is it difficult, um, you know, for yourself as an artistic director and, and creator, uh, uh, curator and so forth, is it difficult to 
keep an association between the modern world and the modern techniques mm -hmm. for the traditionalists who say art should be something you stand back and admire? I don't think it is. There's been a really interesting revival of craft and in the Adelaide Biennial, makers, ad, uh, audiences rather, will see that. So mm. there are a number of makers and Timothy Horn comes to mind. Timothy Horn makes these incredible objects. When you look at them in reproduction, you think you're looking at a very small object. In effect, you're looking at something which is up to three or four metres across, which is actually nickel bronze plated sculpture. What seem to be very small pearls, like the pearls you wear in your ear, are actually enormous glass orbs. He is commenting on the environment so mm -hmm. one of the works was made in response to his trip to the Great Barrier Reef a trip he made for the first time in 30 years since his trip as a young child and his, his uh, acceptance I suppose or his experience of how the Barrier Reef had changed but the work is incredibly seductive I think most traditionalists who value craft, who value a kind of artisanal skill or value someone who's reached the peak of their skills uh, would really look at Timothy Horne and be besotted by his work. Mm, he, yeah, absolutely unbelievable work. Listen, we, we, we need to also mention um, Impressionism. Oh, yeah, that little we're talking thing. about We're talking about traditional artwork. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's take a leap oh, back. Yeah. Impressionism. Um, you've got an exhibition coming up we to do. die for. We do. So we open the Adelaide Biennial in early March and then in late March we actually open Impressionism. So both exhibitions will be happening at the same time. For a couple of months we'll have both happening. The Impressionist exhibition has come straight from the Musée d'Orsay and your, uh, many of your listeners would know that it's the primary collection of Impressionism. It's actually the home of Impressionism. Mm -hmm. It was built in the same year as the Elder Wing where it's housed. Is that right? So, yeah, okay. so we're going to have this fantastic experience. The left bank is going to come to North Terrace. We're going to have, you know, Paris is kind of falling out and dropping down into South Australia, which I think is going to be so extraordinary. We have about 70 works from the Musée d'Orsay collection that tell the story of colour. It's not just a grab bag of Impressionist masterpieces, it's the story of colour. And if mm. there's anything radical about Impressionism, and one of the reasons we're drawn to it time and time again is about this idea of colour. Technological advances, such as the creation of paint in tubes and portable easels, for instance, made it possible for artists to paint en plein air. And en plein air just means outdoors. outdoors yep. Artists could paint outdoors for the first time. They could f capture the fleeting effects of light they could be in the environment and capture that environment. Now, that doesn't sound very radical 100 years on, but it was really an incredible breakthrough. And the exhibition charts that story. It's been curated by two of the curators from the Musée d'Orsay, and they'll be joining us here in Adelaide, and we'll be opening just before Easter. So it's the biggest blockbuster we've held at the Art Gallery. Most importantly, it will be held in the wing, which was built at the same time that those paintings were made. So Monet... Renoir. Monet, Manet, Morisot, Renoir, uh, Fantin Latour, Pizarro, all of them. All of them. All of them. Exciting stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, Can't it'll wait. be wonderful. Hey, listen, thanks for popping in and uh, bringing us up to date. Keep us informed, won't you, on, you uh, on so the welcome. exhibitions coming up. Uh, this sort of kicks off, the exciting times kicks off uh, in time for the Fringe. Definitely. We start with Fringe mid, and, and mid next month, upon March us any and minute, April, and then March and April all the way through to the end of July. The Impressionist exhibition runs through until the end of July. All right. Um, Art Gallery of South Australia, open times? Open times, 10 until 5. Every single day we close one day in the year, and that's Christmas, Christmas Day. Christmas Day, and entry is normally free, except for a few exclusive yes, exhibitions. entry is always free, always but free. there may be a temporary exhibition within the gallery itself that you pay entry for, but it is always free. Lisa Slade, thanks for your time. Thank you so see, much, Ian. See you down on uh, North Terrace. Brilliant. Uh, stay with us after the break. Uh, Dr Derek will be here to take care of your pet questions. When you look